0: Hello and welcome to the CEO Blind Spot Show, where leaders reveal their blind spots and best practices. I'm your host, Birgit Camps, and today's guest is Grady Harrison, President and CEO of Pack Stainless, which is a leading distributor of stainless steel and alloy tubing.
1: So welcome to the show, Grady. Thank you, Birgit. Thank you so much for inviting me in. It's great to catch up.
0: Yeah, it's been a few years and you've always been accomplished. You graduated from University of Texas and Harvard Business School, went out to sea on a submarine where you had to figure out how to build high performance teams. Then you worked with public companies, private companies. You and I met when you were at another company and turning that one around to the next level of success. And here you are a couple of years later at this one. So tell us a little bit about what would you say are the one or two best practices you have learned about building high performance teams and how did you get to where you are today?
1: Well, Surprisingly enough, when when you read about high performance team and the people involved in there. And when I started, in an environment where submarines are extremely complex systems, and you think it's all about technology, operational excellence based on systems, but it's really all about the people, how we were able to achieve a great record of safe operations without a loss in over 60 years. Uh, that culture was built on continuously learning and improving, and surprisingly being extremely honest about our self-assessment and allowing no shortcuts when it came to integrity. Mm-hmm. And during during those years of experience, I'm, I'm looking back and I'm looking at what's available on the, on the bookshelf about this, because there have been many leadership books written based on military culture, and most of them have the author coming from an elite outfit of some kind. And I kind of shied away from those books because those elite outfits often benefit from very rigorous selection processes in these people. When I started running businesses recently, I realized that getting extraordinary results with extraordinary people is what those books were all about. But what about me trying to get extraordinary results with ordinary people who go home at night, who don't have the same constraints and the same training and a few things that we have? that I saw a disconnect there and try to look back on some of the things that I was able to learn and take away from, from those years that were applicable and make me more successful in these various environments where there was a large property-traded company or smaller companies.
0: Mm. Yes, it's uh, especially during these times of crisis, right? It's People do tend to sometimes revert to more of the structured style of command and control. How has that influenced you in terms of the decisions you adjust during times of crisis?
1: Well, in times of crisis, some of the learning moments that once you let things sink in and you go through a little bit more of assessment you realize that with all the structure that's predefined with organizational charts and systems really there's an informal organization of structure at play that is critical for you to understand. The rigidity that I was used to didn't really apply in many of the circumstances. Because I remember a quote from the author Herman Melville, who took to sea as a sailor, and first on a merchant ship and on a whaler, he knew very well about those times of peril. And he wrote a sentence that I keep going back to. It's called, in times of peril, like needle to the lodestone, obedience, irrespective of rank, generally flies to he who is most fitted to command. In other words, in times of peril, irrespective of your title, people are going to look to the person who is the most fitted to command. Mm. And we see that in our organizations where When things are calm, when things are going well, you see what the typical organization structure is based on the org charts and the policies and procedures operating normally. But when the company is really in trouble, there are certain people within the org chart that people go to. They seek counsel, they look for help, they look for guidance. And when you're in a position of president and CEO, you have to ask yourself, what does it take to be the person who's fitted to command? What do you need to understand of of the organization itself and the people who work for you? I've noticed that as an experience at SEA, when when there was a fire when there's an announcement that's that goes on the announcing circuit and the alarms are ringing and i had to go up to the control room because my first assignment was to report to the control room and then either go to this location of the fire or to stay in the control room and the captain would decide so i arrived in the control room the captain looks at me and says, harrison go to the engine room go fight the fire and i had a lot more respect for the engineer and I looked at the engineer and he nodded and I went. Mm-hmm. And I realized at that moment that I looked more for validation and consent from somebody else than the commanding officer. And that took a while to sink in that in these times of difficulties, that while there is a formal organization or an org chart to deal with in an organization that you built, you have to recognize those who have the most influence in your organization and rely on them. So develop a core team rather than leadership team. Who are the three or four people that you have implicit and explicit trust in that would we'll go to bat in any circumstance with. Entertain that relationship when things are going well, because those are the people who are going to be helping you through a crisis.
0: Hmm. And Grady, was that one of your own blind spots at one point when you were a leader? Or how did you, I guess, all of a sudden realize this and be as effective as you are today in leading the big, people?
1: The big thing is when you you learn and develop during those formative years in a very structured system, and you think, okay, it worked here, it's going to work everywhere else I'm going to go. Hmm. And then you realize that the people, the environment, the structure, the products, everything is different. And I was blessed to be working in a group of entrepreneurs. And while I was always looking for the org chart, the quality manual, the operational manual, all the procedures and processes. I was surrounded by extremely successful people who didn't attach as much importance as I did. And I remember in particular, there was a young lady who was very successful in the IT world. And she was talking about dysfunctions in organization. And we asked, okay, do you mind drawing on the org chart, the table on the the whiteboard, what the org chart looks like so we can understand better who does what. And she like this, kind of blank. She drew a circle with her in it. And she started putting little rays of sunshine in different directions. And very, very, very successful and people working very well, yet she didn't need a formal organization to do that. So I realized that organizations are a very fine balance of, of people and processes and culture and their deliverables. And all companies don't function the same way. And it's important when you step into an organization to be able to get a, a feel, measure a little bit and understand what's at play between these different things. Everybody doesn't want to run a factory like Toyota. Okay? All plants are not the same. McDonald's is fantastic in, in hiring people at 16 years old to make fantastic French fries anywhere in the world. But we don't want to necessarily live in an organization with all the procedures they have and, and lose innovation. Mm-hmm. So being able to create, being able to innovate calls for a lot more flexibility than what I've been used to seeing. So the blind spots really that, that came to mind when I started working closer to entrepreneurs is the value of these informal organizations and structures within the system that make them extremely successful That is something that I have not experienced before. Hmm.
0: So in that moment, it was the aha moment. Was when you saw someone else wasn't as structured and they were extremely successful, more so than that your team was not as effective as you'd like them to
1: be, or what would you say? Had you be interested in looking at that? I realized that I might have been applying too much pressure uh, okay. certain parts <laughs> of the organization that I might have been successful with before, but were counterproductive in this particular instance. No sense of innovation, for instance. Hmm. I needed people. Uh, I'm not going to use of the word out. So think outside the box, but feel free to, to voice their opinions. And then we go from there. So that's what I saw among the entrepreneurs, thanks to a lack of structure, perhaps, we're able to be extremely nimble on the market and come to market with some great ideas and be very successful and very receptive with the customers. That's something that might have been holding me back.
0: Hmm, very good. Well, I'm sure your team appreciates that from what I know from you too, you're a lifelong learner. And that was, you caught that moment because of your commitment, constantly look at your part. So, as we start to wrap up the show, we've got our leaders that are listening to us, and some of them are new, some of them are going through tough times, some of them are trying to get to the next level of success. What are one or two tips that you would give them during these times? I think one of
1: the things is to set time aside each week for the one-to-ones with your direct reports. Let them voice whatever is important to them, express what support they need from you, and ask them feedback on yourself, how are you doing? Have this this conversation frequently. Communicate, 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 yourself and be candid and be brutally honest about yourself and your performance. And don't hesitate to ask your direct reports for feedback on how you are
0: doing. And not everybody has an appetite to ask for feedback. How do you recommend leaders do that in a way that's effective? Well,
1: I think, you know, sitting around the table for for one-to-ones and and discuss looking at where the business is. And you just say, if there were a couple of things you think I might be doing different or how do you think I can improve? You'd be surprised by by the candor and where the conversation goes. You know, help me. Some of the words that make you successful in business is always says, I need your help with
0: something.
1: Mm. So irrespective of where you're in the organization, go go visit the people in, in the organization and say, hey, I need your help. or I need your thought on something. What do you think? And you're always surprised how open people will, are usually when you're asking for help.
0: Yes. So really appreciate you being on the show. It's been a while and you continue to evolve yourself as a leader. And one of the things you told me back when that you think is important is is for mentorship, which today, thank you because you're helping provide part of that in a world right now where very few leaders have mentors or where it's hard to get together. So thank you for providing mentorship today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me.